What's going on, everybody? This is Randall Barnes, the founder of HBCU Pulse and the host of HBCU Pulse Radio in the building for another special edition of the show on today. Well, listen, we're talking about a lot of different stuff, and I have a throwback interview for everyone new to the Sirius XM audience, not that new to the podcast audience, but it's going to be new to the podcast feed. I'm going to air my 2021 interview with Jada Spite, who was on Sunday's Best Season 10. She was the first runner-up the time she was at Fisk University, she's doing so many amazing things. Won a Grammy as well. Like, she's really dope. The sister of Alexis Spite, who won Sunday Best before her. So, shout out to her. I don't know what's going on with Sunday Best. BT bring Sunday Best back. We loved it. We need it back for the culture and also to give so many amazing, talented singers the opportunity to showcase that talent. All right, but listen, we got a few things we need to get to that's going on in the HBCU community, and we're going to talk about it in our front page report. Get up up. on what's trending. Get up! You're listening to the front page report on HBCU Pulse Radio. All right, so these are the stories that are trending now on HBCU Pulse. So famed comedian Drewski has drawn very mixed reactions to his newest skit portraying an older member of Omega Psi Phi Fraternity Incorporated. Now, in the video, Drewski is seen, quote, throwing up the hooks and other things typically linked to the fraternity. Now, despite attending Georgia Gwinnett College in Georgia Southern during his time in higher learning in collegiate life, Drewski appears to not be a member of the organization. And we don't know if there's any approvals he's gotten or he got a cosign. We don't know. But at the same time, we would assume that he didn't. Now, Drewski has done a fraternity character before. But he's never done a black fraternity character, and we know how things are with black Greek letter organizations and HBC life in general. There's some things we know what to do and not to do, and I guess that Drewski didn't really get the memo. And members of Omega Sci-Fi took to Drewski's social media accounts and also other members of black Greek letter organizations, while others believe that it's just a joke and shouldn't be taken seriously. Now, the funny thing about it is that we posted it on Saturday on HBCU Pulse, And the comments were going crazy. If you listen to this and you're not driving, make sure to go over to HBCU Pulse's Instagram because it was going down. And I think both sides had a valid argument, but personally, me, Drewski, that was a nah, man. Come on. Like, come on, man. Like, like, you know, you you need to understand the history and the context of what's going on before you hop out like that. I mean, Drewski, you know, he's, he's funny. He does this thing. But when you're talking about black organizations and black spaces, you got to move a little bit different, all right? But to get to more positive news, actually, about a man of Omega Sci-Fi. So, first and foremost, congratulations are in order for Alabama State alumnus David Whitlow, who was recently appointed as wide receivers coach at the University of West Georgia. Now, listen, this position is actually very significant because Brother Whitlow will be joining the staff as they transition from Division II to the FCS. Now, Whitlow was a dynamic student in his time at Alabama State playing football for the Hornets in the SWAC. 
and he also served as SGA president in the 2019-2020 school year. And listen, I know Whitlow because I was a student leader, graduated fall 2019, met him at NASAP. He was always super supportive of HBCU Pulse and my growth and my grind. So big shout out to Whitlow. He is building a coaching resume. He has stops at Auburn and Ole Miss, and now he's joining a West Georgia team that's going to try to build a nice little dynasty, a nice little pedigree in FCS. It won't be easy, but I think that West Georgia is going to be up to the task, and they got a team in Georgia that they can look at as a model of success. And they got Whitlow down there, so I know those wide receivers, they're going to be all right, man. I'm, I'm super proud of my guy, and I know He's going to be a future head coach, maybe a future HBCU head coach. So shout out to Whitlow. But let's talk about this right here. A photo that appears to be an educator banning the use of the words and phrases commonly used by black students went viral on social media last weekend. The list itself features several words and phrases used in rap songs and popular viral videos, as well as terms that have been used for years, such as bruh, standing on business, that's cap. On my mama, period, and it's given. Now, there's so many more words that was on that list. Those are just a few that I could say here on HBC Post Radio. After further research, I discovered that the post originated via Facebook from user Charnel, who is a social studies teacher, and Charnel says their students helped in adding words and content to the list. It was a real cool class exercise, right? So the post circulated on several social media outlets without the proper context, causing a lot of varied conversations. Many have spoken out about the list and they consider it a move to stifle the expression of those students. However, some see no problem with the list and argue that it forces these students to improve their writing and verbal skills and prepare themselves to be professionals in the real world. Now, listen, that's all well and good, but I'm not going to focus on the post itself. I want to focus on how it circulated and why I'm feeling some type of way about it. Cause I really was feeling some type of way about it this week. So let's get to these Randall's thoughts so I can talk about it. You're, you're, you're listening to Randall's thoughts yeah. on HBCU Pulse Radio. Yes. So on today's Randall's thoughts, I want to speak about media literacy specifically in the context of the banned word list going viral. It frustrates me that people can post anything. When I say anything, I mean anything on social media without the proper context, and it widely circulates, and the crazy part about it, it shifts our viewpoints and opinions. And to be honest with y'all, I'm upset because I got caught up in it. But I'm going to explain why I'm upset and what went down so y'all can know why I'm feeling some type of way, why I'm a little bit upset, why I'm a little bit heated. So check this out. So on last Sunday, I came across a post from a Twitter page that I'm not going to name that posted the list with the caption, how y'all feel about this? Initially, when I saw it, I thought it was fake. Like, I legitimately thought it was not a real list because why would you come up with a list like that? I thought it was some other internal, external motivations that were going on. But I'm like, come on. It couldn't be real. It couldn't be real at all. I'm naturally skeptical, by the way, though. Listen, I'm naturally skeptical. You have to be in these social media streets because social media is littered with so much disinformation and misinformation and half-truths where you can't believe anything. But 
I saw popular journalist and media personality Jamel Hill post about it on her Instagram, and she was gauging the opinions of her followers about the list. Now, one thing y'all should know about me is that I love me some Jamel Hill. And Jamel Hill is amazing. I was rocking with her all the way back when she was writing articles on ESPN.com, when she was a moderator and a debater on First Take with Skip Bayless. And of course, the his and her days, the Sports Center Six Days with Michael Smith. And now she has the Jamel Hill podcast, Making Things Happen. She's on Metal Arc Media with Dan Lebatar. Like, I really rock with Jamel Hill and I follow her often. I really respect her opinion and her view. And she's a real deal journalist. Read her book and you'll know why I say she's a real deal journalist now i saw her post the list on her instagram and she had a poll that went with it so i was like okay when she posted it it caused me to think well jamel hill posted the list she's having her followers talk about it so i would assume it's real because jamel wouldn't post anything fake so for me we're gonna post her on hbcu polls so we can have a conversation amongst the students and the alumni, young alumni, older alumni, that are educators so they can give their viewpoint. So I immediately contacted HBCU Post head of digital, Corey Hansen, about my idea, and she was down with the plan. And we went on with making a graphic, asking our audience to weigh in on if the teacher who, at this point, was unnamed, we didn't know Charnel, should have made a list like this. We thought Charnel was for real, all right? So little did I know. Okay, little did I know there was more context behind the conversation. So immediately after we posted the image on HBC Pulse's Instagram, there was a commenter who informed us of that proper context that was missing. So I got a shout out, Anaya Chanel, at Anaya Chanel on Instagram, who said, saw the original post on Facebook. First things first, the teacher is black. She used this as a joke to the students to show them how much they use improper grammar. She continued to say that the students laughed with her and added other phrases onto the list. So when I saw this, I then went on to do my further research, pretty late, right? And found the Facebook of Ms. Charnel saying exactly what Anaya was saying, and I saw the initial post of the list. Now, I was relieved because I thought the list was made from a place of stifling the voices of those students and really devaluing African-American vernacular English and slang and different stuff like that, because there's a place for that. Now, in the academic environment, you have to choose that time and that place, and that is something that needs to be taught. But at the same time, I'm like, Miss Charnel, what you doing? But I saw that it was just an exercise, and I was like, okay, that is really cool. But then once I realized that, I sort of got mad because I realized I should have done further research to further inform myself of the proper context of that post. But then I thought about it. Jamel Hill posted, the Shade Room posted. There are other like people that's out there with an audience with a following that are reliable that posted. And it's not to castigate them saying this because all of us posted it. We should have really did the backstory and different things and tried to find the origin of that post, but it happens. It happens sometimes because sometimes you want to just hop out and you want to post something. You want to get folks reaction, but we have to really be careful. And the reason why I'm upset is because why didn't that initial Twitter page where Jamal Hill probably got it, where the shade room probably got it, where we got it, HBC post. Why didn't they just add the proper context? Is it that bad? Like, is it, is it bad to add a context and a deeper story to what's going on? Like, why not add that proper context? Why not add that she made the list to inform her students that, hey, listen, y'all are using a, a lot of, you know, slang terms, a lot of AAVE. 
Y'all can't do that in your papers. Y'all can't write like that. We have to write differently, and there's a time and place, everything. Like, why to add that context? Maybe that context is bad, but you can, you can, you can slice it up. You can spice it up. We got 2,000 likes as I speak right now on that post where I added more context on Instagram. So I'm like, why can't the original posters, when you're aggregating something, why can't you aggregate something with context? And to be honest, why even post a list at all if you're not going to tell the full story? And like I said, don't get me twisted. I am not going at any media outlet. If anything, I'm going at that Twitter page and these other pages that aggregate content like this. And it's on us to say, you know what? I don't have the proper context. I don't know if this is real. I don't know what's going on. So maybe I shouldn't speak on it. Maybe I shouldn't comment on it. Maybe I shouldn't retweet it. But we got to put pressure on these folks to act with some level of integrity because you got 280 characters on Twitter, use them. You have a longer character count on Instagram, use it. You have a longer character count on Facebook, use it. We have up to 10 minutes on, on TikTok, even longer than that, use it. That's all I'm saying because yes, we have to be up on game, but these folks that are aggregated still trying to get these retweets and this money and these views Y'all can do the same thing as well. Y'all need to be up on game too, because this is important because I'm going this far because, oh, it's just a pose. It's not that deep. It's 2024. And we know what's going on in 2024. And we know we have to be up on everything to make sure that we are not responding to things that are erroneous. We're not giving life to things that are false and we're not allowing misinformation to spread because if this became a situation where the slightest form of misinformation caused folks to literally say that this teacher is anti-black and she's stifling the voice of her students because we didn't have the proper context. We're castigating this young woman that is educating these students, actually teaching them right. We got to be prepared for what's going to come during this election season. And that's real talk. Now, for me, I learned my lesson. I need to research everything to inform my viewpoint before I form an opinion and especially post something. And, and I do that. But even for content like this, you got to fact check. You got to to make sure that you have the proper context for what's going on. But also, we have to hold folks to a standard of y'all need to add proper context and source the people because the, the person that I saw on Twitter didn't even source Chanel. Like, why not put, hey, this came from Chanel's Facebook. Like, why not put that, is that bad? Put it on the image. Like, why not even do that? So we didn't even know it came from Chanel. She had a real dope lesson and like people don't even know it came from her. So like, why not even put the person you got it from? But just for me, the biggest thing is that we have to make sure that we're up on game and ensure that we're combating misinformation and we're not getting caught up in that misinformation because there are some things and some stories and situations that are bigger than this that can affect our lives. Because if we're failing here, what are we going to do when it's November and things happening? What are we going to do when it's July and things are said? How are we going to make sure that we're combating misinformation and getting the right stories out there as we move further into the year? And those are my thoughts on today and a little bit of a lesson that I learned. And shout out to Charnel. And her, her, her Facebook is Charnel. Charnel, you can see that post. She's actually really dope. Did a lot of great things. So shout out to her. But coming up, I have my 2021 interview with Jada Spite, season 10 first runner up on Sunday's Best, making it happen. 
And also, she's a woman of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. And, you know, that Founders Day is coming up real soon. So we got to show her some love for that as well. So shout out to Jada Spite. You can hear our throwback interview, Reverend Fisk University. You're listening to HBC Pulse Radio. We'll be right back. What's going on, everybody? Randall Barnes of HBC Pulse here. And listen, as an HBCU alum from the Fort Valley State University, I'm repping today. I know the feeling of having to set a New Year's resolution over my birthday Christmas break, because y'all know my birthday is on Christmas, but I just feel confused, right? Sometimes you feel confused on how you're able to achieve that New Year's resolution, especially by the summer, so you can get your body right for the summer, all right? Well, I did find a solution, and that solution is Factor. Listen, Factor will get you right. They're America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service. They're delivering fresh, chef-prepared meals right to my door so I can enjoy delicious food without spending hours in the kitchen, without spending hours in a fast food line. We not gonna name the restaurants. Listen, Factors meals are quicker than fast foods because they're ready to eat in as little as two minutes. That's pretty quick, right? Factors meals are made with high quality ingredients and they cater to different dietary preferences and goals. Things get hectic, which always seems to happen in my life. And I'm pretty sure other folks can relate to me. Factor is flexible. You can change your order up every week from four to 18 meals per week. or just pause it or reschedule your deliveries anytime. I'm telling you, Factor has been a game changer for me. 2024, new year, slightly different me. But I'm trying to get a little bit more healthy, trying to make sure I'm making trying to make sure that I got my life together, trying to make sure everything's all good for me. And I don't have to spend all them hours in the kitchen. I don't got to spend all them hours in the fast food line or all those different things. And Factor's making sure I'm getting everything together. So Factor's been a big game changer for me because, you know, it's New Year, same me, slightly different. But one of the things I want to change is I want to eat more healthy. I want to be more conscientious of what I eat, definitely eat less fried food. And Factor's helping me do that. And the thing about it is that it's quick, it's efficient. I'm not in the kitchen too long. I'm able to get to what I'm doing, handle this business, eat a little something, and then get back to the grind. All all the meals on the menu, delivering it to me, making it happen. The food tastes good, it's fresh, and it's definitely satisfying because I have a sense of palate, okay? It's very satisfying. And the best part is I have that time to do everything I need to do to make it happen. Like, give y'all this episode of HBC Pulse Radio, all right? I got a hookup for you. I need you to head over to factorsmeals.com slash CPHBC50 and use the code CPHBC50 to get 50% off your order. That's code CPHBCU50 at factorsmeals.com slash CPHBC50 to get 50% off and as always, tell them Happy New Year and that Randall sent you. HBCUs are more than a trend. Yeah. We're forever a part of the culture. HBCU Pulse always has you on lock. From the shade room to your favorite news feed. And now, on your TV and radio. We are, are, the, are, are the number one outlet for HBCU culture. Follow, Follow. HBCU Pulse on social media. And visit HBCUPulse.com to stay up to date on what's going on in the HBCU community. Hey everyone, it's your girl Jada Smart. You're listening.
listening to the Randall Barnes Experience with Sunday's best very own Jada Spite on HBCU Pulse Radio. Jada! Jada Spite, how you doing? Oh my God, I'm phenomenal. How are you? I'm amazing. You already know we had to turn up for you, Jada. Listen, you you a celebrity? I'm already knowing what's no, up. Not even. Oh man, it. you was on beats. Mm-hmm. You you won Sunny <laughs> Best in my book. I I don't care what the results say. Okay. That's love. Thank you. But as you know, I've been trying to get this interview for months. I really appreciate you just for working with me, and just congratulations for all that you have going on. And I think this is going to be amazing. So tell the audience who you are for people that don't know you. Yes. Hey, everybody. I'm so excited to be here, you guys. My name is Jada Spite. I am the first runner-up for season 10 of BT Sunday Best. I am a fifth guy. And most recently, I am also a woman of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. So yeah, I'm excited to be here. So let's just get started with just your background because you know everyone yeah. that that sings i've talked to a few people that that sing that are celebrities and that, that you know they're coming into being celebrities and they always <laughs> say hey i started singing in the church so when yes. did you start your singing oh my goodness i've been singing probably since i was about maybe two or three i'm a pk my dad is a pastor so of course if you're a pk you know you're gonna have to do everything at church you're gonna serve on the usher board you're gonna sing in the choir be on the praise team do everything so <laughs> i've been singing yeah definitely since i was three and i've been traveling my sisters we actually had a gospel group called the spite sisters mm-hmm. so we traveled around western new york and we've been singing in different churches and so yeah i've been singing for a while i'm thankful and you guys don't know her sister is alexis spite and she won sunday best way back in the day so she like the whole family yeah, season is five. talented season that's five seasons season five alexis wins yeah. season 10 that's crazy just timing. It's, it's wild. I, I remember I watched that season. So Really? What, yeah, oh, yes. I, I I watch with my mom all the time. Like, my mom probably going crazy up there in the kitchen. Like, just, oh, I'm oh, only going to leave with you. <laughs> so, That's so cool. So, talk to us just about why you chose Fisk University. Oh, Lord. Okay, so at Fisk, we have a saying. And y'all already know my Fisk guy's on here. can probably complete it for me. And it's a very famous saying, I didn't choose Fisk. Fish definitely chose me. And I definitely find that to be near and dear to my heart. Like I said, growing up, I'd be traveling and singing, always singing gospel and stuff like that. And so I traveled to this pastor and I went to his church and he sat me down and I was getting ready. It was probably my junior year, I want to say, maybe a little younger. But he was talking to me about college and he's like, what are you thinking about doing? Do you know where you want to go? And at the time, I was like dead set. Like, I want to be an OBGYN. I'm going to go to some fancy, like, medical school medical you know somewhere with a good biology program and he's like well hey have you looked at this are you considering you know any hbcus and i'm like well you know my mom went to an hbcu so you know of course yeah but this i never heard of this like what they what they got going over there and so i he's like you should check it out research it so i researched it researched it and on the website you know i saw like the fish jubilee singers and you know different things that they were doing in the music department and I'm like, well, I do love music and this. Okay, let me check this out. So I applied. I got accepted. Long story short, I got an audition for the music department. I auditioned. They offered me a scholarship. And the rest is history. I mean, when I came on the campus, I fell in love. 
and uh, it's my second home for sure now. So yeah. And I think that a lot of people sleep on Fisk because what people don't understand yes. is that Fisk is one of the top ten HBCUs. Like I'm not just saying yes. it just to say, oh, they're top ten. Literally on the U.S. News and World Report. Fisk is right there with Spelman, with Morehouse, with FAMU, with North yes, Carolina and absolutely. So, we are an Ivy League HBCU. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And, yeah. and the Fisk Jubilee singers, like just that whole entire just pedigree of singing and just performance, like that's big there. And yeah. for me, like I came to Fisk, I don't know if you, you were there, but I came to Fisk back last January. It's almost my year anniversary and I got to okay. tell you what, what got me about Fisk, right? Okay, so right. at every HBC, you have, you have Fried Chicken Wednesday, you have Fish Friday, right? Yes, so, okay. Listen, so I came down to Fisk, and when I tell you that y'all fish was so good, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Honey, I'm telling you, like, so out there, all my fat girl parts be happy on Friday. It's my favorite day. <laughs> that fish, I don't know. God bless that fish, man. I'm telling you, like, that, that was God's fish at this point. Like, okay, that, straight from heaven. He just... <laughs> Sent it on down. Because I'm telling I did not, like, because we were supposed to go to Tennessee State next and go to Mr. HBC. I was like, I do not want to leave. The atmosphere is too great. This is such a historic campus. And then the fish, I, I went and got seconds too. I, like, I, they, they thought I was a student. Okay. It was crazy. Okay. Like, <laughs> it was crazy. So, in general, so how has your Fisk experience been? Oh, my goodness. My Fisk experience has been just absolutely awesome all around. I mean, I have experienced some of the highest points of my life at this you know some of even the lowest points of my life you know being a college student and leaving I'm from New York so like going so far away from home graduated high school at 17 so I started this at 17 you know so I'm a baby Mm. going all the way from New York to Nashville so of course I experienced like a tremendous amount of you know challenges I experienced some of my lowest you know as it relates to mental health and stuff like that but thankfully you know I'm grateful because it's all just played a huge role in the woman that God is shaping me to be. So I've enjoyed it. I'm super duper. I love this. There's no place like this. Like if you ain't not a fist guy, I'm sorry. You can't, you can't sit with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So no, me- I'm just kidding. Not like that. But you know, I, I got to show love. I love it. <laughs> right. Right. And yeah, Fisk is an amazing school. And I want to ask you about this. So you're from New York and Fisk is down yes. South in Tennessee. So was there a culture shock when you came down to Fisk? Ooh, honey, when I tell you, okay, so thankfully I've experienced like so many different environments as a very young person. My dad being a pastor, we moved around a lot. So for the majority of like up until maybe like my latter years in high school, I was at predominantly white institutions. So my senior year, I got a little bit of a culture shock moving from Kansas where I was living with my parents at the time to New York with just my mom. And I went to a performing arts high school and it was very, very diverse. So that was a good thing about it. But when I got to HBCU, you know, and I see all my people, I'm like, okay, you know, I love it here. So a little bit, but I wouldn't say like too dramatic, you know, because I love my people. I'm very, you know, for the people anyway. So it was, it was definitely cool. Hey, that's amazing. I just heard something interesting. I think it's a great segue. You went to a performing arts high school. So yes, what, what high school yes, was that? It was Buffalo Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts. So like, so was there like a concentration there? Did you did you, did you major? Because I yes. know I know for me, I went to to a, to a college and career academy. So we had almost different mm-hmm. majors at, at Hudson College and Career Academy here in Macon, where I majored yes. in business. So did you have like a pathway okay. you did? Yes, I did. So of course, vocal music. That's always you know that was my major for sure. But yeah, there was communications. There's art majors. 
visual artists, there's dance. So if you're in Buffalo, New York, and you need a good high school, go ahead over, send your girls, your kids, or whoever, if they got a talent to Buffalo Academy for Visual and Performing Arts, because they will get you right. I love it. So <laughs> let me, let's let transition into this. So Performing Arts High School, you go to Fisk. So let's get yeah. to the part that everybody want to hear about, being on yeah. Sunday Best. So let me just ask you this just straight up. So the level of preparation, do you think that uh, going to a Performing Arts High School helped you in Sunday Best, the competition? Absolutely. My performing arts high school and even, you know, obviously the competition, I was already at Fisk. So I got well, you know, indulged in in the Fisk music department, but it tremendously helped me, you know, ear training. We hate it, but it helps, you know, being able to um, use your classical training, knowing how to support when you're singing, knowing how to, you know, make sure that your, your diaphragm is in a lower position so that, you know, the air can flow and you can produce a great sound. So just knowing the different technicalities of it, I guess, has definitely, it served as a great benefit for me and being able to persevere throughout the competition because that's the biggest thing, you know, losing your voice as a singer, you know, you, that it's, it's, it's bound to happen almost if you, if you don't know, you know, the proper way to take care of your instrument. So it definitely helped a lot for sure. So what was the process to you getting on, on Sunday best? Cause I think that, a lot of folks just see, you know, the, the front of the camera. They see, okay, you singing. But see, for me, I, I'm a, I'm the business guy, and I've always just studied the yeah. team. So I want to hear as much behind <laughs> the scenes as we can possibly get here on the yeah. Red Barnes Experience. So tell yeah. me just about the process to getting on Sunday Best and to getting on that first show. Okay, awesome. So, you know, Sunday Best, I loved it. I have watched the show. I was a fan of it. But I never necessarily knew that that was the path that I wanted to take out. Like I said, my sister was on it, so I got to see a little bit of how it was. But I wasn't even thinking about auditioning, honestly. Like, when Sunday Best, when the audition rolled around, I had just auditioned for, I want to say, The Voice. And I was a little bit discouraged because I was really, really excited for it. You know, I prepared and, you know, it just didn't go how I wanted it to go. So at that point, I was just like, I'm not feeling it. You know, maybe this is just not the path that it's going to be. But my mom ended up texting me the flyer and she's like, you need to go to BET.com right now and you need to fill out this application because your butt needs to send it a video submission audition. And so I definitely, I did just that. I went to her and my sister definitely pushed me to do it. But you go on BET.com. There's always a section for Sunday Best every year. You look up the details for the auditions. This year, because of COVID and everything, and I think maybe in times past, they've had like virtual video submission auditions, but there are also in-person auditions. So it really just depends on the route that you want to take. I went ahead and did a virtual audition. And so I actually, it's really funny because I just got out of rehearsal (laughs) for Jubilee, for Fizz Jubilee Singers. And, you know, I recorded it in my dorm room and I sent the video. And next thing I knew, it's like, hey, can you come in? You know, they sent me an email. Can you come in for a live audition? I need you in Atlanta. Get down here. So I'm like, okay, I got on the mega bus, y'all. My funds was low, honey. I was going on straight face. Do you hear me? Wow. <laughs> I got on the mega bus and, you know, I auditioned. I went for a closed audition and it pretty much just transpired from there. You go and you audition for the judges and they let you know what it's going to be from there. And, you know. So, so looking at, I'm looking at, you know, just the layout of episodes right now. So this is what really just mm-hmm. rang out to me because we saw the first episode of season 10 on July the 5th and it was a whole bunch of y'all. So they split you yes. up in, in two different groups. 
So Mm -hmm. when was that first episode? Because we were knee deep in the pandemic after the BET Awards, the virtual first ever virtual BET Awards. We found out Sunday Best was coming back. So when did you guys film those first two episodes? You getting me? You getting me? Because honestly, (laughs) I am so bad with the time. And I feel, you know, when you're in this and everything moves so fast. Mm -hmm. So really just trying to keep up with it is crazy. But I want to say if we were in June, February, March, May, June, I'm thinking that maybe around April, I want to say, is when we, yeah, when we found out April or May is, I want to say. We kind of, you know, did our tape and we were in Atlanta and everything. But yeah. So when you taped, so was it socially distant? They make sure you guys were safe or was it still just a new thing where it was like, what's going on? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, when we taped, uh, coronavirus wasn't, you know, as exacerbated. Like we knew about it, but it wasn't something that was like, you know, how it is now yeah. like coronavirus you know what i'm saying but <laughs> we we knew about it or whatever but they were definitely very safe temperatures were checked and stuff like that but also that's when the when the coronavirus really like the outbreak really like started to have an immense effect they transitioned over to the virtual so that's how we saw the switch from us going from the i want to say it was top 20 being narrowed down to the top 10 and then after that it was all virtual so I got to ask this because this popped in my mind. So, you know, yeah. with the coronavirus happening, it was a lot like all the students in that were in college had to go home because, you know, the yes. colleges didn't want that. Long I had to go home. Listen, let me tell you, I was in Atlanta. Y'all I was filming for this and I had to ask my roommate. I don't know if she's on here, but Sierra, you're a real one. She packed up my stuff, y'all, and like packed it up for me because in the midst of this, I obviously couldn't get back. So I had to. Have her pack it up, and my nana, I love her, came and picked it up and stored it for me. But it was crazy, like the transition for sure. Because I, 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 I knew when you said April. I'm like, okay, so you guys moved out by then. So I know mm-hmm. that you had to have been doing that in that time span. Yeah. That school yes. was over. It was so crazy, and you know what? Because it was so abrupt. It's like, yo, how I'm gonna get this done? So there go my faith again. Like, God, I need yeah. you to do this. <laughs> so, so yeah so on your instagram it says student first and you've had that in your instagram for a minute so with so it was april that you started filming those first couple episodes so were you doing school work in between like were you, were you going to the backstage like hey i gotta finish this was assignment I? <laughs> Honey, yes i definitely was getting ready to go and film and waking up early in the morning like okay i know i gotta get up three hours extra early because let me get this paper out the way you know or trying to cram it in at night but thankfully you know my professor and you know the staff and administration definitely at fist were able to work with me you know they loved on me they knew what i was doing so they were definitely very very understanding and gave me all the tools that i needed to to get through that semester for sure so let's get to when it was just a switch up from in person to virtual so how did you guys receive that news? Because it first was in person. I'm like, oh, they really shot this whole thing in person. Then all of a sudden, y'all was on Zoom. So how, how was that switch up? Okay, that part. It was crazy. I mean, I remember we were all called down to the lobby, getting ready to go and film. And they're like, all right, y'all, you know, it's, it's all quiet and we don't know what's happening. So everybody looking around like, okay, what's going on here? And they're like, you know, the coronavirus has hit. You know, there's a limited number of people that can be in a facility at a time, you guys got to go. Like, we got to, you know, make sure that you get to where you got to get to. And, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with the show. So for a while, I want to say it was maybe like a month, maybe a couple months, we didn't know exactly um, 
you know, what route they were going to take because we had, you know, just got excited. We got the experience with the live audience and the band, you know, and people, you know, being able to rock out with you and worship God with you. And then it's kind of just like, we got to go home and we don't know how we're going to proceed. But to transfer from that into getting the news that they were going virtual, we were very, very excited um, because, you know, we didn't know if it was going to continue. We like, we don't want our, our dreams to be haunted right now so it was super duper creative of them and and awesome you know mad props to all of the producers and execs for coming up with that and really just making that a success so i'm definitely super excited that they were able to do it virtually although i will say and forgive me if i'm getting long-winded but i gotta tell you this this show interview um, keep going keep going i'm listening (laughs) okay i will say though it was a little bit like challenging i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna be honest with you you know, like I said, singing in church, you get used to the interactions, the hallelujah, you know, the people getting in with you and, and joining in, praising God with you. And then when it's virtual, it's like, yo, it's really just me, this camera, these lights and this room. And let me tell you a secret. A lot of people don't know. But when we went virtual, the room that I filmed in, when my parents divorced and, you know, we moved to Buffalo, New York. I was in my grandmother's home. And the room that we filmed, it was actually the room that I shared with my mom. We packed up all of our stuff and we were living in that same room. So just to see how like God could use that like that same situation, you know, the heart, you know, the, the low part, you know, and use it and look, this your stage now, you know? So it was awesome. And you made it happen. So with Kurt Franklin, so that first episode, so this is when I first found out about you. So I was sort of watching. I'm just doing everything. I'm on post trying to figure out, okay, what are we going to post at six o'clock? Like, what are we going to post on Wednesday? I'm over there just, just figuring it <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, getting I'm, it together. I'm texting my people. <laughs> so the founder exact that you are. <laughs> exactly. So I'm, 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 I'm laying back and, and, and then it's, and then I, I see you and it's Kurt Franklin right there. And, and it's like, you know, it's your time to go. You ready? You ready, young buck? No. <laughs> like, how did that feel? Yo, it's like, oh, shoot, the nerves. Let me tell y'all, that first audition, whoo, womp, womp, womp. When I tell you, I tried to do a run that I felt in my spirit, and I thought it was going to come out right at the end. I was like, and it just didn't come out. You know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) the nerves were definitely on a thousand, but it was an amazing experience. It's like, yo, like, I'm really here, the same place that I saw my sister be, you know, the the place that I dreamed of being, you know, sharing my gift with millions of people that are watching across the world. It was, the nerves were on a thousand, but my heart was overflowing with gratitude for sure. So the moment when they announced who was going to make the top 10, I'm not even gonna lie, like I was sort of nervous too, cause I cause I, I knew who, who, I knew I wanted you like... to win. I wanted <laughs> you to win. So I was like, whoa, okay, this is crazy. So how did you feel up there on that stage? Y'all, that joint was intense. Let me tell you. Like <laughs> I had so many butterflies, like my stomach literally dropped to the pit. When you see the little red light, y'all know when it is the deliberation or you about to find out who the red light. It's something about that light, y'all. That red light just sends nerves, nerves. You like, I don't know what's about to happen. I was nervous, y'all. I'm not even gonna lie, but I was praying like, God, if it's your will, let it be, and it's gonna be. 
And so let me ask this. So like, so you clearly you gotta know you you gotta know you can sing. You know what I'm saying? You 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 hear yourself <laughs> when like when you sing it. So you you know you have that power and <laughs> that voice. So like, was the nervousness more so? Hey, do can, do you think that the judges can hear that I can sing, or was it just hey, yeah. I don't know if I'm gonna win? Like, what what, what was the nervousness you, coming from? You know what it is? It's the fact that there are so many people in this world that can sing. You are never the only one that can sing. Like. It's people way younger than me that are beasts, you know what I'm saying, that are way over me. So just having that in the forefront of your mind, like, and then the people that I was in the competition with, like, you know, we getting ready and they doing runs and I'm like, dang, I can't growl like that, you know, like, you start to get that self-doubt going and, you know, it just kind of turns from there. But then at that point, you know, I just remind myself that if it's for me, if God has that for my path, you know, then that's what it's going to be. And can't nobody block it. If it's for Jada Alana, then God said it's for Jada Alana. And that's on period. I feel so, yeah. so, <laughs> so Kurt Franklin's mentorship. So we saw that Kurt Franklin and I, and really in earlier seasons, we saw it was more of an influx of other gospel artists that would come in. Cause that's a lot of what, you know, a lot of the, the, the different shows do like, like American Idol, you know, all these different shows, they normally bring like a special guest or a previous person, but because of COVID, they couldn't really do that outside of, you know, the zoom different links with, with the, you know, the right. different gospel artists. So Kurt Franklin right. took more of a coaching role. So how was it being coached yeah. by one of the greatest artists of all time <laughs> in period music? You know, that process literally like, was nothing short of exhilarating, like empowering, and like so, like so amazing. Like I can't even get the the word that I'm looking for, but it was just absolutely super surreal. Like when you think about Kirk Franklin, like do you want a revolution? You yes. know what I'm saying? Like everybody goes to that. Like Kirk Franklin is a legend. He's the goat. So to have you know. This man that I look up to, this artist, this amazing, you know, everything that he is, you know, be coaching me and mentoring me and letting me know, you know, hey, let's try this and giving me encouraging words, you know, and affirming the gift that God gives me. You know, it was amazing, like surreal, just, you know, crazy. I, I would have never, never in a million years guessed that I would be able to say that Kurt Franklin was a mentor of mine. It's crazy. And and it's like I, I I feel like he really was doing that. Like it wasn't really just a camera thing. It seemed yes, like he really was so telling real. Was up. And you know what? He's hilarious, bro. Like <laughs> he made it so funny and so just like free. You, he, it was very liberating. You know, it was it was just amazing. Like he he's on. He's the same on camera, off camera. You know, when he's doing his vocal warm ups. You know, everything. Like he's he's super dope. So. Is an honor for sure. So, what was it like with the dynamic with the judges? Because you had Erica Campbell, you had Kelly Price, yeah. Joshua McReynolds. How was that dynamic working with them and being judged by them? Like amazing, and I hate to keep using this word. You know, I feel like as a collegiate, I need to go ahead and read a couple more books and expand that vocabulary because I can't think of the word. But I'm telling you, it was just all around awesome. Like, like I said, these are goats. These are legends in the industry. Like people that you know, people that they make music that exists for years and years and years and that will still thrive. And to have them really, you know, pouring into you and really mentoring you and letting you know the reels about, you know, what you should do and trusting yourself and believing in yourself. Erica Campbell actually, Miss Erica, first lady, the the amazing Erica Campbell actually, you know, like took the time to sit down with me and just, just show me some love and it's just amazing. It's it's awesome, definitely. 
So, like, do you think that just that whole entire mentorship aspect, because it seems like that aspect of talking to Erica Campbell and Kurt Franklin, that's one of the, the more redeeming qualities just about it outside of you getting first runner up. So do, like, how, how, how important do you think that mentoring aspect from all those gospel legends, how, how important do you think that was to your Sunday best experience and even getting to that spot where you were right there in that winner's circle? Oh, Lord. It was so important to really just take everything that they said, to soak it all up, like, you know, and really just reflect and apply it to yourself. I mean, they dropped some gems of knowledge that I will never forget, like, uh, you know, tips about vocal health, making sure you're not, if you're going to be singing often, making sure you're getting the proper rest that you need, taking time to go on vocal rest, you know, just showing you little things about how to make the song more interesting, how to, how to you know, play around with, with coloring the colors of your voice and painting, you know, like it's really, really a lot of dope, like things that they drop on you. And so it's just, I was like a sponge, just soaking up everything. So let's get to those final two episodes. So August 16th was that episode seven that sort of led up to the finale. And then we had August the 23rd, that was the finale. So Tell me how yeah. you were feeling going into that second to last episode when it was like, okay, hey, we about to lock it down, final two people. How were you feeling? Honey, I was like, yo, it's getting real. It's getting real, for real. And you know what? I was just grateful throughout all of it. Like, yo, just the entire experience. It just gave me so much gratitude. Like, yo, I'm really here. This is really my time to let people know, you know, what God can do, like show show them like, yo, if you really trust him, you really work hard and chase your dreams and chase your goals. He's got to. And there's nothing that he won't give you that's good for you, that you need, that he will withhold. No good thing he will withhold from you. So like just to be able to have that experience, it, it was amazing. But I was very nervous. Like I hate to keep saying it, you know, but a lot of times we allow self-doubt and little things like that to creep up in our mind. But I was nervous. I'm just grateful for my family always affirming me and letting me know, like, you got this. Just go out there, give it your best, you know, do your best. And that's all you can do. Let God do the rest. Do your best. Let God do the rest. But I was nervous, y'all. Exactly. And when I tell you, I, and I was talking to my mom about this, like, cause I, so it was like a lot that was going on around that time of the last couple episodes. And basically when I say mm-hmm. a lot, the NBA came back. Okay. And I'm an NBA fan. So yeah. I started watching basketball <laughs> and, and I, I yeah. literally forgot that. Okay. Sunday best was on. So I, I didn't, I didn't know that they were going to do voting again because it, and mind you, I found out that it was a vote when I was like, Oh, Sunday best song. So, I, so my mom and I turned it on and it's like, Hey, you can vote. You voted on BET.com. And I'm like, wait a minute. They could vote. And I felt so bad. Cause I was like, bro, Jada would have won Sunday best if we really did, did that push for our own post. Like I, I feel so. I wish I go back in time, like because if, no. if it was based on popular vote, we would have got you in there. You, you, you know that we would have got you in there. Oh, you know what? I love that, and I love y'all. And you know what? I appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. I also, you know, I find solace in knowing, like I said, it wasn't what God had for me. Mm. That just means, you know. On to the next. Whatever, you know, God has, is it, it, it's going to be. And if it ain't, then it ain't his plan. And that's period. So, and yeah, I, I love I, you, though. Thank you. No, but we, we love you over here. And just really just, we want just every HBCU student just to really see that journey. Because here's what a lot of people don't, don't realize is that 
in a lot of these singing competitions, you have the winner that wins, but people don't realize that, for example, Fantasia won American Idol, but on that same season was Jennifer Hudson, and look what she became. Right. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So, so you feel what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, so you can still reach those heights, even though you didn't win, then you were right there, neck and neck. So, let's, talk, let's talk about that future. Do you have any music that's coming out? You know, everybody keeps asking me this, and I'm telling you, I am in the process of giving you the best of me. You know what I'm saying? I'm using this time to really figure out what it is that I want to give to you and make sure that it's my best self. You know what I'm saying? But it's coming very soon. Just stay tuned and keep on watching. It's coming. I promise you, I got you for sure. And I and I can say this. So, like, we were going to push that the voting thing. If I knew about it, if if the Lakers weren't in the playoffs, like, we would have been pushing it, we would have making it happen. But oh. we so we have the HBCU Pulse, you know, radio podcast network, and we have all different things that we're doing. So if you want to send us some music, you know, we, we can make it happen. Oh, you know, you know it, man. You know it. I'm definitely, I have some stuff recorded. You know what I'm saying? That I'm going to go and make some little tweaks on and okay. definitely when it's ready boo i'm a you got it okay. you are going straight to you straight to the pose <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna make it happen we're gonna make it happen so let's transition into the auspicious occasion of yesterday your first founder's day so being a delta woman so how does it feel to be a delta woman oh you guys like it feels so surreal the the biggest thing that I can think of to explain it is surreal. Like this is something that, first of all, a woman of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated is a woman of tenacity, a woman of fortitude, a woman of strength, you know, a woman that is committed to serving her community and loving on those around her. So I feel so proud and so blessed um, just to, to be a Delta girl, but not only that, to be you see it? You see it? I see uh-huh. it. Yes. A member of the most illustrious chapter there is on this side of heaven, the Alpha Beta chapter. I'm very, just very, very grateful. So it feels super surreal and um, I'm honored. I'm honored. So what's so interesting, and I was just about to reveal, this is crazy, Jada. I was about to reveal the celebrity who I talked to that I'm dropping on tonight. I was so cool. You almost got me. You almost got me. Famous singer, you almost got me. So I talked to this person. Not feeling it, you almost, you almost got me. Oh, but before you go, I gotta say big shout out to all of my LSs on here. I see y'all showing love. My pros on here. Got to. And my mama is on here. So I love you, mom. Thank y'all. And all of my fist guys, Richard, I love you and I see you. Okay. They they hear, they hear with it. (laughs) So I was speaking to this singer and she's a Zeta. And she was talking, okay. and I asked her, I was like, so in being a Zeta woman in the industry, in media, and also in music, has it aided you? And she told me straight up, the first thing she said, you're going to hear it when the interview comes out. She says, oh, being Greek is a, is a benefit for sure because of that networking aspect. So even Absolutely. now, so you have the two big things of you were on Sunday Best, and you're a, you're a Delta, which like people going to know you as Delta for Sunday Best. Let's be honest. In the HCU community, they're going to be like, oh, that's Jerry the Delta. They're going to admit Sunday Best. So, and so, so how, you had the two those two big pinnacles in fall of 2020 so how did your life change after those two events you know what a lot has changed but i'm thankful that at the core of me i am i am jada right god has blessed me to have a solid foundation in who i am before sunday best before delta i'm grateful that now with these platforms you know the world can see a little bit more of who i am you know, and what I believe in. And I'm thankful, like it has been 
a tremendous, you know, just uh, benefit, I guess I would say, definitely with the networking aspect. I've had so many stores reach out to me, you know, showing mad love, you know, definitely booking me for events. It's been a blessing and I'm I'm tremendously grateful. So yeah, it's definitely awesome. Awesome, 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 awesome. I don't know how else to describe it, but it's nothing like it, y'all, for sure. I can just imagine. And the, the best part about this interview is that I can just see you just taking off because we're at, we're at this impasse where we see with gospel, it was all types of music that a new generation is coming in. So I think that yeah. you're a part of that new generation. And what I just really just want to see you do is I want to see you use the platform of Sunday best, the platform of being at fist, the platform of being adults, a woman to really power you to those heights, because I think you're inspiring people. And I think for your yeah. music, for your voice, you're inspiring people. So I would just to continue pushing, just to continue growing, because you're gonna be you're gonna be big. I can already see it. Like you gonna I receive be it. I receive it, man. Thank you so much. That means God is good. Like let me tell you, I'm nobody, but the guy in me, like that's something real. You know, he really be favoring me. So I'm just grateful, honestly. So what's next for you? Because we talked about the music, but what else is next for you in, in 2021? Yes. Oh my gosh. You know, next for me would definitely just be school first. You know me. I'm a student first. I'm shooting. You know, my goal, y'all, it's been hard, that GPA. I've been keeping it up, but you know, this year we need to elevate it some more. Amen. So this year I'm definitely shooting for, I want to say a 4.0. Y'all keep me in my friends. You know what I'm saying? I'm an A plus, close as I can get, but definitely shooting for good grades and really just enjoying my college experience, learning more about, you know, Jada, more about me every day and also growing with God and walking with God. And I'm excited to continue. I hope to expand my mental health Mondays. If you've been following me, you know that that's something I'm very passionate about. I go live or I post something, you know, inspirational quote or a picture, you know, really just an effort to help rid our black and brown communities of the stigma surrounding mental health and really just talk about those topics that a lot of times we're shied away from. So definitely, yeah, I have a lot of things that I'm excited for. Just ready to see all that God has. You never know. He he always popping up with something right. new. So, you know, we're going to see what God got in the way. Right. And I'm I'm just I'm so excited just to see the growth, because like I used to always say, like, especially like I used to always like look at the different points in history and i'll be like if i went to a&t when terrence j with a&t we would have been working if i went to to mm. pv with megan the stallion we would have been working so just yeah. to be able to have this platform like polls to speak to you after this just yeah. amazing accomplishment of you being an adult woman also you getting that first run up on sunday best it's just surreal to me and i just can't wait to continue just to see your growth and you're gonna make it happen i'm already knowing but Jada, <laughs> I appreciate you so much. I definitely want to connect with you more. You, if you need anything, I'm here. The HBC community, HBC Pulse, we support you. Any new music, we supporting it. We getting behind you. So we, we got you. Love you. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. I mean, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm Like I said, I'm just little old Jada. So the fact that you allowed me to be here and to chat it up with you has been an honor. And so I'm just excited. So yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So really quickly, one more thing. So I see that someone has a question. So let's put that question up. So yeah. what is something that you want to do but haven't done? Oh, you gonna get me. <laughs> uh-huh. You done oh, done it all. Okay. 
You know what? Something that I want to do that I have not done, that I'm in the process of doing, I'm looking to start a nonprofit organization and I want to call it J-Bay's. And so I definitely want it to be an organization for people that, you know, have struggled with different things pertaining to mental health and really just make it an empowering group of people, just a, a support group that I have not done yet. J-Bay's, you know, that's what I call my supporters. So they're there, but I definitely want to get my nonprofit in the works. And then also music, like I want to get y'all some music ASAP. I really just want to make sure that it's the best of who I am. You know, I want to make sure that I'm definitely showcasing, giving you what you deserve. Okay. So that's definitely in the works. And then also just continuing to partner and, you know, push the agenda of mental health. And not only that, showing love to people on a day to day, like just pushing positivity, definitely something that I always want to do. And yeah, continue to partner. I want to travel more. You know, COVID has kind of made it so, you know, traveling and singing in different arenas has been a little tough. But, you know, in this virtual world, we're still making it do what it do. But definitely, I'm excited to get back to that. And um, I'm just excited for a lot. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, and you know what? I want to go skydiving. I've never been skydiving. You skydiving. Yes. Like, I hear that it's so exhilarating and lit. And I want to go. I'm scared. I'm probably gonna be about to pee on myself, <laughs> but I want to go still. <laughs> I, like, like speaking of music, I, I'm, I'm gonna do the Rick Ross thing that's going going on on Twitter. Oh no, not me! Yeah, that's gonna be you. That's gonna be you. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> I'm not. That's gonna be. Let me know how that goes. There's no, no um, man. I'm gonna let you know. I'm gonna let you know. I'm gonna do it too. Oh my gosh! But let's just end it off like this. Tell everyone where they can find you on social media. Absolutely, everybody. I want you to go over if you are not already. Click. My IG, you can follow me at Jada underscore under, underscore Spike. So that's Jada two underscore Spike. And then you can also follow me or add me on Facebook. First and last name, Jada Spite is spelled like light. You can follow me on Twitter at just Jada. Like what you hear? Uh, yeah. Subscribe to HBCU Pulse Radio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, head to HBCUPulse.com to stay up to date on what's going on in the HBCU community. Thank, Thank you, you for, for listening, listening to HBCU, HBCU Pulse, Pulse Radio. Radio.